Hi, podcasties. Welcome back to Two Sober Chicks. My name is Julie. And I'm Lisa. I love that you've invented a new word just for our show. Podcasties. Podcasties. Our listeners, our friends, our tribe. Remember how excited we were when we found out that we could uh, be found on iTunes? It was a big day. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the other day I was lying in bed and I turned on my Apple TV. It's like a little box. Yeah. And you can, you know, stream shows and stream Netflix on it and stuff. You can also stream podcasts. No way. And I can listen to our podcast through Apple TV through, yeah, in my bedroom. So that, that was pretty cool. That is super cool. cool. Too. Yeah. Sometimes I make my wife listen to it. It's mood music. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing my own voice gets me going. <laughs> Hopefully it gets her going. Um, <laughs> we are Two Sober Chicks. You can find us on Facebook. And also you can definitely send us an email. We'd love to hear what you have to say about your own uh, process of recovery. If you have any questions or if you have any topic suggestions, please drop us a line at the number two soberchicks at gmail.com. And Julie's going to dig into our jar of topics and tell us what we have uh, to discuss next. All right. Let's see what the universe wants us to talk about. Oh. Okay. Wait. Before you read the question or the topic, I was just going to say, and for those of you, I mean, I'm sure this is probably obvious. Everything we say is unscripted, off the cuff, and it is basically us just sitting here and chatting like we used to before microphones were involved. Julie and I would often get together and just sit and talk about the program. And I hope that you have found a sister in sobriety who you have that same connection with and you can sit around and chat and share and discuss and cry and laugh with as I have found with Julie. Yeah. And if you don't, we can be your stand-ins until you do. We would love to be your stand-ins or your permanent sisters in sobriety. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. What's today's topic, Julie? Alcohol as the gateway drug. Oh, was it a gateway drug for you? Um, yes. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I, I think because um, when it started to get really messy, I was looking for ways to extend the drinking or to still, you know, party um, without the consequences. So then that opened me up to trying different drugs. Yeah, um, me too. You know, and it's funny how you... you all of a sudden you go from thinking drugs are bad to thinking, well, maybe drugs aren't so bad. Drugs are okay. I know. That's why it's the gateway drug, alcohol. And what we mean by that is things you would do, say, or indulge in that you wouldn't if you weren't already drunk. Right. So alcohol just opening that dark door into other behaviors or addictions. Yeah, like for me, heterosexual sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dark, dark vortex of bleakness <laughs> it, and it disaster. It is. Oh, that's that's when I should have known that I had a problem when I would make out with guys when right. I was completely intoxicated. Yes. And usually it was for a purpose, like I, my tab was needed to be paid. So. <laughs> and men are suckers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I love you, men. <laughs> And I have large boobs, so that's really all you need, it seems, to get your tab paid. That I don't. Yeah. You're very pretty, so. Oh, thank you. You have that going for you. Well, thank you. I just, you know. There's different shapes and kinds for all people. Breast men typically don't want to touch me with a 10-foot pole, (laughs) but leg men, leg men like me. We all have our our types and our kinds. Yes. So it's definitely a gateway for um, behavior that you normally wouldn't participate in, for sure. Like, I remember right at the end, um, I would get very drunk and then all of a sudden let's just watch porn 
which was never a thing for me. And I remember feeling so much shame over that. Like it wasn't even a thought. And then I don't know if it was because I was so numb. That's what I thought would bring me feeling. Like I would feel something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was not a good situation. And then I drunk text. I mean, I was married and I'm drunk drunk texting men that I have no business texting. And it was just a disaster. I started, I tried cocaine um, which thank God I didn't like it. I mean, I liked it that first time, just like other drugs. Like every yeah. time you do a drug for the first time, it's like the most amazing time. Best thing ever, and then yeah. every time after that is just trying to recreate that high. Um, so I did cocaine like two or three times, but I never would have done it any of those times had I not already been completely wasted. How many people have you met or do you know in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous who, you know, started out with alcohol and then cocaine is often the big one yeah. where they turn to cocaine because it allows them to drink longer yes and harder yeah um so now they're cross addicted now they have you know twice as many problems and twice as much debt um and it's dangerous yeah um and then another one that um doesn't shock me anymore but it used to the first time i've heard of it was crack mm. um there's a lot of people i know who ended up that you know because you're they're drunk you're out you're drinking you're intoxicated next thing you know you're standing in an alley maybe you're having a cigarette and somebody offers you something else yeah and boom it's really as easy as that it is because you have as we've talked about before you are not in a sound mind you are not of sound mind yeah so all of a sudden all bets are off all doors open up once you take that uh, that first drink, if you're an alcoholic, who knows what the night is going to hold? Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it sounds so fun, and then near the end, there's no fun left. Yeah, and it's void of hope and just turns turns yeah. on you like a. I think there's something in the big book where it talks about the boomerang turning and cutting you to shreds. Yes, it's like that same thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there are drugs that like I never would have tried if I wasn't already under the influence, you know? I thought I had a certain limit to certain things, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, and then I would end up doing them. And I could be easily convinced that it'll be okay, and this will make things better, and you should just try this, or, you know, so susceptible to uh, persuasion when I was under the influence, for sure. The, my first, yeah, cocaine is one of the things that I have a tinge still of shame around, because for me the i remember the act of doing it felt humiliating like that i had sunk to that level for my own personal standard Mm -hmm. and then the feelings and the behavior that i exhibited while i was on high on cocaine is not something that i'm proud of either it it will be burned in my memory forever that night that i tried it and then uh, i tried it two or three more times after that but i didn't like it i didn't like how it made me feel it made me feel like agitated and edgy and like this energy that I needed to get out could you drink more and the whole I don't remember but the whole reason I drank was to take that edge off I was always super high strung and stressed out and anxiety ridden right and now I do cocaine and that's exactly what it does to me and so I didn't like that feeling Mm. unbeknownst to me um that was the beginning of my ex-husband's cocaine addiction which I didn't even know so it's a good thing I'm saying that on air, but it's good. You know, he's never going to listen to this. It's no big deal. Um, and I'm sure that's not an uncommon thing in relationships yeah. where the couple that parties together, one person goes one way, maybe like me goes into recovery, and then the other person just never really finds their footing in sobriety or recovery. There's and the- they go down a deep, dark hole. And it was a secret he kept for me for a long time. Wow. He didn't. I didn't even know. 
mm-hmm. didn't know till we were separated and he sort of confessed to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, how did I not know? But how would I know? I don't know exactly. what that looks like. I've never been around someone who's addicted to cocaine. I knew he partied. I knew he went missing a yeah. lot. But I just thought it was like booze. Yeah. I told you about the ex-girlfriend that I had who would disappear in the bathroom. No. And uh, and so I'm, um, I'm trying to be sober. And my girlfriend at the time is smoking pot and drinking around me. Mm. That was a real uh, struggle. Uh, and eventually I end up doing drugs um, to try to cope with this relationship because that's the mind of an alcoholic. Mm. Don't end the relationship. Do drugs <laughs> to try to make it better. Man, we're smart. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she uh, is disappearing into the bathroom and she comes out a completely different person. Mm. Like super hyper, crazy. I didn't like the behavior. I didn't know who this person was. She was out of control and I didn't know what it was. And then I described this behavior to several other people and they're like, sounds like she was doing cocaine. I'm like, she did mention that she used to have a problem. And I think maybe it was not uh, in remission. I think it was being fed and I think it was being kept a secret. But yeah, Um, alcohol can do that to people. Open the door to other things. Um, Do you want to do another quick topic? Sure. Amends, apologies, forgiveness. Oh, this is your handwriting. Oh, I think that's a big one. We'll save that yeah, for save that for another one. See if there's a little maybe there's a little tidbit, baby, a little baby one. What do you do if someone cannot admit powerlessness? <laughs> Obviously, that's that was another my big one. Was, no, it's mine. Oh, okay. I, I should have been a doctor. My handwriting's <laughs> terrible. That's too big of a topic. Born alcoholics. These are all very Very, meaty. Yeah, in-depth. All right, well, let's just make this a short one, and we'll start another one. Okay. Yeah, because some of them are 19 minutes long, and some of them are 15 minutes long. Some are short and sweet. This one feels heavy. This feels like a heavy topic to me. This one? Yeah, don't you feel like that? I feel like that's a heavy one for me. Yeah. Do you have anything more to add on it? I just don't think I have anything more to add, but if you do. But it feels heavy and dark as lots of stuff in life and recovery yeah. and addiction can be, right? It's um, just crazy to me how I look at where we've come from and how bad it got and how it could have gotten so much worse. And for whatever reason, we were afforded grace and mercy and we had the opportunity to stop and we took it. Maybe not the first time, yeah. but it just makes me sad to think how I know you and how I know me and what we looked like at the end. Yeah, It's really scary and dark yeah i don't think people would recognize us i had a friend i just had lunch with a friend on saturday and she looked at now my transformation i i shouldn't say my transformation's huge because we all are but my transformation has been so drastic that she looked across the table at me crying and said i was so worried about you Mm. i prayed for you so hard and god saved you and then i started crying with a french fry in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) and that's almost verbatim what another friend said to me and these are friends that know my ex-husband well we spent a lot of time with while we were married and they really do feel like I was delivered now they didn't know at the time that I was heavy in addiction they knew something was wrong they just didn't know what yeah and so being removed from that marriage was as essential to my recovery as anything else was it's funny, I don't think a lot of my friends um, recognized or accepted that I had a problem. I remember when I went to a lot of my friends in the beginning, they were like, you don't have a, you're not an alcoholic, you don't have a problem. 
Um, but it was always the exes. The exes what? <laughs> they, that were very, oh yeah, I'm glad you finally came to that conclusion. Mm. Yeah, you were a shit show. <laughs> you were a nightmare to deal with. And I'm sure in the beginning it was fine and it was fun and it was like, wow, look at how exciting this can be. And then it quickly became not so exciting to be with Lisa. It became a burden and a lot of work yeah. and a lot of sadness and yeah, trials and tribulations. So that was the, um, cause I've gone through the amends process and, and made amends to several women. And, um, and that's the message that comes back to me. Like it's humbling to hear from their perspective. Um, how difficult it was, you know, cause you can own a lot of stuff and you can say, yeah, I remember this and I remember that. But there's a lot of stuff that you don't remember and they sure as oh, hell God, do. Yeah. And, uh, and I love it when they're strong enough to say, and then you also did this yeah. and then there's this, um, yeah. Seeing yourself through someone else's eyes is a eye opening experience. The yeah. wreckage we leave behind sometimes is just devastating. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is depressing we should end on a joke if you want to talk, see something funny go uh, look up tea and consent on the internet that's a funny thing mm -hmm. we just watched that a little while ago it has nothing to do with sobriety but it always makes me laugh so yeah. hopefully it'll make you laugh yeah um all right drop us an email send us some topics to soberchicks at gmail.com thanks so much for listening to our podcast i'm lisa i'm julie we love you